titled the message today, Give with Joy. Give with joy. Giving with joy is extremely important. When you give something, you want to make sure that you give it with joy. You don't want uh, to give anything grudgingly. As a matter of fact, when you give your tithes and your offering, you want to make sure that you bring it before the Lord, but you bring it with joy. Lord, I'm bringing this to you, Lord. I, 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 I was anxious, waiting for Sunday to come around to bring this to the storehouse, and I'm, and I'm giving it rejoicing. I couldn't wait to give it to you, Abba. The reading in Philippians, let's go to the reading in Philippians in chapter number 4, and listen to what it says there. I'm going to start in chapter number uh, 4, verse number 1, and I'm reading from the ESV version. From the ESV version. Hallelujah. And it says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I intrude in you, uh, Euodia, and I entreated to you, Sinchi, to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Say this to your neighbor, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, all understanding, that is a peace that, God, that the Lord gives us. Finally, brothers, in verse number 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent and there is any worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It says in the Word of God, and the God of peace will be with you. Once, you. once you ponder on those things, obviously everything that we've read is positive. When you ponder on positive things, God is with you. God is not going to put negative thoughts in your mind. God is not going to put something tormenting in your mind. It's not. He's not that God. He's a God of love. He's a God that loves us unconditionally. Listen to what it says on verse number 10 again. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am be content. I know how to be brought, I know how, how to be brought low, and I know how to be abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, ab abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul is telling him, listen, man, I've been through it all. I've been through it all. I've had everything and I've had lack and everything. But in everything, I've learned to rejoice in the Lord. 
I've learned to rejoice in the Lord. I think it's extremely important to understand that, you know what, what whether we're in the highs or in the lows, God is still there. God is still there. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the highs and in the lows. God is still there with us. He hasn't abandoned us because the storm is out there. God abandoned us. No, God is still in the storm with you. And God will take you to the other side of the storm. And you got to understand that, yeah, you might be in a storm right now, but you got to understand that once you get out of that storm, uh, God is equipping you. He's propelling you. He's preparing you for that uh, uh, place that you're going to be, that you're going to be able to speak about the goodness of God. And you know what? I was in need at this time, but God took me over that fire. He never let go of me. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The three Hebrew boys, you know what? They went into the fire, man. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Not even their hair was born. Nothing was uh, burned. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They came out as clean as like they got out of a dry cleaner. Nothing happened. God was in the middle of it. And a lot of times we forget that we, we get so consumed with everything that's happening around us and the situation that we find ourselves in, and, and we forget, you know, thank, thank you, uh, uh, Minister Tyler, that, that you brought that big book up here and, and you write all your notes in there and all your prayers. And uh, through the years, you have seen the hand of God move in difficult situations in your life. And you know what? I encourage everybody. I, I, I've said it in the 21 days of fast that we had that we ended last Sunday. I pray to God that, that, that God spoke to you during that time. But one of the th first things that I always tell you every year is make sure that you journal what the Lord has told you to do. Journal what the Lord is speaking to you about. Make sure you journal. Make sure that you write down what the Lord is telling you. Because a lot of times if we don't write it down in that big book, you know what? You forget. And then you go through another situation and then you start scratching your head and then you start sleepless nights and anxious and I can't eat in my stomach and this and that. If God did it here, he's going to do it here. He's going to do it here and over here as well and over there as well. Because he's still the same God. And he does not change. And his promises are yea and amen. Yes, a lot of times we go through stuff that we're saying, how do we get, well, you know what, maybe, uh, man, maybe it's a wrong decision you made. And you got to be man enough and woman enough to say, you know what, I messed it up. Because I took a left when God told me to take a right. I decided to buy XYZ. I got into that house when God told me to hold off. I bought that car and I'm paying $600 a month when God told me you're going to get something better for less. But I was anxious. I didn't want to wait. I need it now. And now you're a slave to that lender. And yes, now you don't have money for anything. Well, you know what? Don't blame anybody else but yourself. God speaks to us. God will speak to you if you want to make him available and you want to say, Lord, I'm here. Speak to me. I'm in this situation. I'm in this pickle, Lord. And I need to hear from you. How many of you could raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've, numerous times 
I had to call 911 to the Lord to rescue me. Come on, we've all been there. Don't think because I'm standing up here, I've never gone through that. I've gone through that numerous times. Because you're in that pickle and you're saying, God, how am I going to get out of this one? I'm going to mess this one up again. And God is saying, just be patient and wait on me. And listen to me because I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. It says on verse number 14, it says, Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And you Philippians yourself known that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I, I am well supplied having received from um, Epidorus the gift you sent me. A fragrant offering, says in the word of God. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus, says verse 21. Uh, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All saints greet you, especially those in Caesar's household. Verse number 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. These scriptures describe four things that happen when we give. And I'm going to go through them right now. These scriptures, again, describe four things that happen when we give. Number one. In giving, we become partners. In giving, we become partners. In verses 14 and 16, Paul emphasizes that he had the ability to live in contentment in any and all circumstances through Christ's empowerment. Not on his own power, but through Christ. How many could say amen to that? Through Christ, I could do all things. But he didn't want the Philippians to think he was ungrateful for what they had done. He told them that they had done well to share with him, and he later commended them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want you to keep up with me this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. And listen to what it says there. We want you to know, brothers, again, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verses 1 through 5. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of afflictions, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity in their part. L listen to the specific words that are there. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, 
of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. There Paul is uh, indicated that the Philippians had given out of difficult circumstances and extreme poverty, yet with overflowing, yet they were overflowing with joy and desire to share in Paul's ministry. They, 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 they partnered together with Paul and they wanted to make sure that people would hear the news of our Lord Jesus Christ through Paul. And they said, we want to partner with Paul for what he is doing over there. Church, whenever we support a ministry, we become partners in it. When you support a ministry, you become partners of it. Last Sunday, we had the opportunity, like we have mentioned before, we had the opportunity to give with great joy to Heartbeat of Miami. We had that opportunity last Sunday. You know that every year we ask Minister Sandra to come and bring the word in reference to uh, Heartbeat and what's happening in Heartbeat. Uh, Martha had just gone back from Washington from the uh, March of Life uh, in Washington, like she goes every year, and she told us how it went and everything like that. But we were able to sow financially into the heartbeat of Miami last Sunday. Some of you gave online. Some of you gave uh, here at, at the church. Uh, some of you gave it to her personally. Some of you sold baby items. The back, the back bench there uh, was full of diaper boxes and wipes and baby clothes and all that stuff. I mean, it was pictures from one end to the other. It was packed with baby clothes, baby idols, from wall to wall. Of diaper boxes and and uh, and and uh, and baby wipes and all beautiful clothes for boys and girls to the glory of God. This is a ministry. You got to understand that this is a ministry that is super important here in the city of Miami, the city of Hialeah. The city of North Miami, there's another clinic in there. The city of Homestead, the city of Kendall, the city of Flagler. You know what? They're, they're, they're uh, pregnancy help centers that where they help uh, mothers with an unplanned pregnancy. And these girls go in there. They get a free sonogram. The machine has been donated by Focus on the Family. And they get a free, a free uh, sonogram. But not only that, you know what? They walk with them until they give birth. And then they come back and they receive baby items donated for free from people just like you that give towards a mission. You know what? You are a partner of Heartbeat of Miami, of what's happening in that ministry. I, I, I am telling you that I was rejoicing last Sunday, and I'm telling you that uh, there was an overflow of joy and giving in this church from Faith Life Christian Ministries, giving to Heartbeat of Miami for what Heartbeat of Miami is doing. Listen to what it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. Listen to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. This is Jesus as well. It says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Running over means overflow. When it says in the word of God, running over, it means overflow. Hallelujah. Overflow will be put into your lap for with 
for with that measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It will be measured back to you. I was speaking to uh, Sergio after the service, and we were going back and forth and just praising God for what Heartbeat of Miami is doing and, and for us as a church body and individual people as well, uh, donating to this ministry that is so important. And, and it's a joy to give. It's a joy to give to know that there's another life that's being saved to the glory of God, that the mother is not getting disinformation. She is seeing the truth right there, that that is a baby in the womb that is not a blob of blood. Are you with me this morning? Come on, church. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And as a matter of fact, now they see it in 3D. Tish, am I correct? 3D or 4D already? 3D, 4D. Yes, to the glory of God. And, and, and they bring in the, the boyfriend or the father, and they could see it there in a beautiful a screen, color screen, and you could see that baby's heartbeat going on and on. We're partners in that. Hallelujah. Uh, we're partnering into life to the glory of God. You see, the world that we live in, the culture that uh, we uh, we. We have us, uh, the culture tells us that uh, invest in the market and, and, and see a, a great return that you're going to have if you invest in the stock market. And, and you're going to have a wonderful return because the market is doing really good. But listen, there is no greater investment that you could do for the kingdom of God than saving a baby from being aborted, from being plucked out from the mother's body like if it was pieces of garbage just coming out. If you've never seen a video, watch a video. And it'll, and it'll tell you exactly what an abortion is. Listen, there's no greater return in your investment than sowing life, than sowing life. Number two, in giving, we offer a sacrifice pleasing to God. We offer a sacrifice pleasing to God. In verses 17 through 18, everything we do for the Lord counts. Everything that we do for the Lord counts. Don't, don't, don't think that in heaven they're not seeing what we're doing. What you're doing for the kingdom of God, you know what? It's being counted in heaven. It's being counted in heaven. What you're sowing to. God knows exactly what you're sowing into. What you're spending your time at. God knows exactly what you're spending your time at. You got to keep that in mind. Listen to what it says here. Uh, uh, verse number 18. I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied, having received from uh, Ephroditus um, the gifts you sent me, a fragrant offering, sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. It was pleasing to God. I believe that it was pleasing to God what we gave last Sunday to Heartbeat of Miami. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Whatever you do for the Lord is not in vain. Whatever you do for the Lord is not in vain. You know what? When you're doing it for God, you don't need somebody to come back behind you and say, Sandra, you did a good job. You know, hey, Pastor, you know what? That, no, 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 I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm not doing it for you. Hallelujah. 
When I do it for you, it's something totally different. But you know what? Everything that I'm doing is doing it for, for the Lord. I, I don't need any brownie points. Nobody needs any brownie points. Sometimes people get caught up. You know what? Oh, you know what? They didn't acknowledge me. You know what? It's not about you. It's about God. What are you doing for God? Give God the glory. Give God the glory. It's not about you. You're not the big picture. Get out of the way. It's all about God. If one thing Martha got the picture when the Lord handed her that ministry was that that ministry is not Martha's. It belongs to the Lord. She's just that vessel that the Lord used. This is not mine. This is the Lord's. I'm just that vessel that the Lord used. Hallelujah. And everything that we do for the Lord, we got to understand that we got to do it with excellence. Are you with me? Come on. When, when, when you go buy a pair of shoes, you're not going to buy a pair of shoes with holes. Oh, I like the one with holes. Give me the one with holes. No, you're going to buy the nice ones and you're going to buy the expensive one. And obviously the one that you could uh, afford, depending on your pocket, where you want to spend. But you want to buy the best. Why are you going to give God the leftovers? No, everything has to be the best for the Lord. You know, I've always been a stinker about our church has to be nice and clean. All the time, whether it was here or 81 Hook Square when we were at 81 Hook Square. Uh, I, many of you know, I used to get there every single Sunday real early in the morning and make sure that that parking lot was clean. You know, one thing that I hated, like like you have no idea, uh, the, the River Festival, uh, River Regatta. I hate that weekend. You know why? Because that parking lot of the church was a parking lot for the festival. Beer bottles, uh, everything that you can imagine was there. You think people picked it up? They don't care it's in front of a church. They could care less. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember, uh, when, when our church van was right in the corner, right there in 81 Hook Square, right in the corner, they stole our spare tire from underneath the van, right there in that corner. You all remember that? People just don't care. People just don't care. Man, it's in front of the church, man. You know, come on. Even if it was in the church, still, why are you going to throw things on the ground? Beer bottles and wrappers and sandwiches and gyros and hot dogs or whatever it might be. You, you have no idea what I have found there in that parking lot. You have no idea. I mean, I, I've even found dirty diapers in that, in that parking lot when we were there. Why? That's the house of the Lord. That's the house of the Lord. Listen, it's not so much the amount, but the attitude that counts. It's not the amount, it's the attitude that counts, as the widow and, uh, widow's might in Luke number 7. It wasn't the amount that she gave, but it was the attitude that she had when she gave everything that she had. She said, whatever I have, I'm going to give it to the Lord. Paul credited the Philippians with proper attitude behind their gift and genuine offering presented to God to promote and spread the gospel. Also, Paul told, does not desire a financial gift, but that the converts fruit, listen to that, Paul does not desire a financial gift, but that the converse fruit from his labors will be accredited to the heavenly records account of those who provided financial support. There are those that want to reap 
a harvest and they don't sow a thing. Do you know them? Don't look at them if they're sitting next to you. But there are people that want to reap a harvest, but they don't want to sow a seed. And you can't reap a harvest unless you sow. And when you sow, expect a blessing from the Lord. Because that's just the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. Number three, in giving, we position ourselves for God's giving to us. In giving, we position ourselves. And, and by the way, I want everybody to relax. At the end of my message, I'm not going to receive an offering, okay? So take it easy. This is a teaching, okay? I'm, 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 the, the Lord just laid this on my spirit to share this with you. Don't, don't expect that I'm going to receive an offering or anything like that. But I, but I just want people to know, I mean, you know that every January and then June, July, we speak about tithes and offering because there's people that come in new to the church and they need to know. Amen? And then in half of the year, we do the same thing again. I mean, it's, it's, if we don't tithe, we can't turn on these lights and the doors won't be open. You know, that's just what it is. Number three, in giving, we position ourselves for God's giving to us. In Philippians chapter 4, 19, and my God will supply every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. This promise about God supplying our needs is given to those who themselves are givers. That is not to the person that doesn't give. That's a person that is a giver. God will supply their needs. But if you're not a giver, what is God going to supply? Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God is saying there that he's going to supply your needs. He's going to supply them. But he's not going to supply them for you to have billions and billions and billions of dollars and not give a penny to anybody. And not share what God has given you. Are you with me this morning? No, because you know what? I, I, I just want to make sure I have enough money because when I get to that silver age, I want to make sure that I have enough money in the back. Well, you know what? God's going to supply your needs in the black hair age and in the silver age and whatever age you're in. You know what? God's going to supply your needs because God does not change just because I get older. I get older, yes, I lose my hair and it gets gray, but you know what? God is still going to provide my needs. Are you with me? That's just the God that we serve. There are two extreme in religious circles. Number one is God wants everybody to be billionaires. For real? Where would you find that one in the Bible? Show me, because I really want that one for me. And number two, having money is evil. For real? Where did you find that one in the Bible? Come on. Both extremes are extremely bad. According to the Bible, having money is not evil, but making the pursuit of money, that all-consuming passion of our lives leads to all kinds of evil. Because then that money becomes your God. Money becomes your God. 
You got X amount, and you know what? I got to get another job because I, got, I need to have more. This is not sufficient. I'm not going to be able to make it through retirement with this. I need more. Money becomes your God. Are you really sowing into somebody's life? Are you really sowing into a ministry that needs it? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Is the question. What is it that you're doing for the kingdom of God? You notice in Philippians 4.19, it does not cover our greeds, but our needs. You got a car, but now you want a Bentley? Well, hey, man, if you can afford a Bentley, get a Bentley. You got a Bentley, you want a Rolls Royce, get a Rolls Royce. That's fine. But you're telling me that you need a car. Make sure that you are specific with your prayers. You need a good car. There's, no, there, there, there's nothing wrong with having a good car with air conditioner, nice-looking car. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're talking about you, you got a Cadillac and now you want a Bentley, and you know you can't afford that Bentley, you know you're talking about greed. It's not a need. That Cadillac is going to take you to work and bring you to church. You don't need that Bentley. If you get that Bentley, glory to God, that means you can't afford it. In Philippians chapter 4, 14, uh, verses 14 through 20, these believers were encouraged that God will supply all their need. Their blessings came because they had financially responded to Paul's missionary appeal. Perry Stone Bible Commentary, often uh, it says, and I'm quoting, Perry Stone Bible Commentary, often believes, desires, Blessings without prayer. Often people believe and desire blessings without prayer. A harvest without planting seed. Breakthroughs without holding on their confidence in God's reward system. The spiritual principle here is to act upon the word first, then patiently awaiting God's response to your faith because he will bless you for your obedience. End of quote. He will bless you for your obedience. You know the problem that we have in this country? Is that everything is microwave style. People want it right now and then. I prayed for it. I sowed a seed and I got to see the, uh, you know, it's just like the, the, the chickens. You know, man, you know, you, you, you had chickens in, uh, in, in, in Peru. Um. I'm not going to mention the, the name of this restaurant. When we live in Weston, we used to go to this restaurant that it was a chain that they're no longer in existence. I don't know where the heck they would get their chickens from, but it was a chicken place. I'm not going to tell you the name of the place, but it went out of business already. It was really good. It was really good. I remember we used to go there and, and your sister liked this um, uh, spinach it was like the spinach dip something, and it was really good. And then um, uh, sweet potato casserole, and uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. And, man, the chickens there were these puny little things. I mean, I, 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 every time that I would go there and I would look at my wife and I would say, babe, did we ask for chicken or what is this? You know, it, it, you know why? Because they don't even give them enough time to grow. They got to put them in the market right away and they got to sell them right away. They don't give them enough time to grow. We are living in that consumer 
uh, mentality that everything has to be quick. If I'm praying about something, you know what? I, got, I want my return right away. I can't wait. And, and the Lord is telling us, you know what? I am going to bless you and I'm going to give you things, but at the right time, and you're going to have to wait, and you're going to have to wait on me and pray and seek and pray and seek, but I'm going to give it to you. But at the right time. But we don't want to wait. We want it right away. In giving, we help, the last one, in giving, we help change the world. In giving, we help change the world. Not this time around, because she is there right now. But last time that Apostle Gita uh, went to India, actually at that time I think she went to India and she went to uh, Africa uh, to minister, we partner with her, and we gave her a seed to sow over there in India and in Africa. And you know what? You're saying, well, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if uh, the Lord's ever going to send me to India or, or Africa. Well, you know what? I never knew that the Lord was going to send me to India, and he did. And I was able to preach over there in India. But aside from that, you know what? When we send our seed a financial seed, those souls that are being saved to the glory of God, you and I will see them when we enter the Holy of Holies. When we go up there, when we're before the throne of God, and we see all these people for, that we never knew. But you know what? That Indian couple over there, that son, that daughter, that father, that mother, they came to Christ because of that seed that you That brother in Africa that you don't even know, you know what? He got saved because you gave for Apostle Gita to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ over there. You gave. You sowed a seed. And that soul is going to be in heaven because of what you gave. There's a cost every time that you do a campaign. There's a cost. I mean, especially when we go from here to America, we got to go over there to these countries and we can't go empty handed. It's not just financial that we got to help them out, but we got to give them food. Just like when your daughter went overseas as well, we partnered together with her church and we gave her because we wanted to make sure that uh, she was in Indonesia, right? Thailand. And, and, and she was there in Thailand and, and we wanted to make sure that uh, she had whatever resources she needed in order to reach those people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we sowed into that as well. We got souls from theirs as well. You know what? Right now, Faith Life Christian Ministry is sowing around the world. Because there's people watching me right now from around the world. Glory to God. We get the report on a weekly basis. Pastor Yvette's program on Wednesday nights, the same thing. People are watching from around the world. We are sowing into that to the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, I want to pray for her right now because I know she's in an intense campaign right now and I want to pray for Apostle Gita. So if you join me, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we don't know where Gita's at right now in India, Lord, but we declare that your angels encamp all over her, Lord. Father, we speak health over her body right now, Lord.
And we declare that her body aligns with the Word of God, and the Word of God says that she is healed already. We speak order in her body right now, Lord. And Father, we thank you for the angels that you've encamped all over her, Father. As she is walking, as she's in vehicles, Lord, going from one place to the other in India, Lord, and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the uncompromised word of God. Father, thank you, Lord. We declare provisions, supernatural provisions, Lord, to flow during this time, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You and I will receive once we partner. In verse number 20, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. As Paul reflected on God's provision, he burst into praise. All praise and glory is due to the one who cares for us and meets our needs. Hallelujah. Paul, in his closing, he indicated in verses 21 through 23 that the gospel had uh, penetrated the highest, uh, say, um, the highest area in the Roman Empire. And take note of this, the Philippians, through their giving, had a part in that. They were seemingly a small, insignificant church. They were seemingly an insignificant, small church. Yet through their giving, they had impacted Caesar's household. Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. I want to share this with you in closing. And I share this with the men on Tuesday in, in men's group. And I want, I want you to pay attention to this and listen to this. A pastor, Oral Roberts. How many remember Oral Roberts? Hallelujah. Oral Roberts first took a pastorate position there um, that was, there was no parsonage in that building for his wife, Evelyn, and their kids. So they were staying at a deacon uh, home, uh, a deacon from the church, and naturally, this was interesting for his wife, Evelyn, because she couldn't see how this was going to work out long term. So she told Oral that if the church can provide a home, they would have to leave. And I imagine doing my research, this must have been back in the 1950s, okay? So in a bold step of faith, one Wednesday night, Oral sowed his entire paycheck on that evening service on that evening service, he sold his entire paycheck. At the end of the service, he told the people in the congregation that we are going to have a parsonage at this church. And I am starting the offering with $50. And once he did that, the piano player jumped up and grabbed a hat and started receiving the offering in his hat. There wasn't enough in that night's offering to build that parsonage. But Oral Robert understood the power of seed, time, and harvest. This is a true story. Well, about 4 o'clock in the morning the next morning, there was a knock on his door. And Oral opened the door to find that the wealthiest farmer in the country standing there before him. He said, Oral, he began, I am ashamed that I did not put anything in that offering last night. And I am a farmer. And I know if I want to harvest, that I must plant a seed. Then handing Oral four crisp $100 bills, he said, I had this buried in a can in my backyard. According to Oral, 
he had never seen a $100 bill in his life, and neither his uh, wife, Evelyn. But oral seed sold in faith produced a harvest. In less than 24 hours, he had $450. Would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Glory to Jesus. A lot of times we put God in a little box. And we think, we think that God can't take care of our needs. And we think that our needs are too big for God and God can't come through. And God is just saying, you know, if you would only try me in this, if you would only try me in this and see what I would do. I remember um, four years ago, we didn't have uh, a building fund in our church, in this church. And the moment that we sold our house in Weston, and uh, we moved to uh, North Carolina even before we sold the house. Yvette and I talked about it. And we said, you know, I know I don't have to tell you. And, and, and as soon as I told her, I know I don't have to tell you, she said, I know what you're going to tell me. I said, you know that when we sell the house, we're tithing the sale of the house to the church. And she says, yeah, I know that. That's, that's the way we're gonna, we do things. So I had to call my accountant, and I, because of the amount, I had to call the accountant and tell him, listen, I'm going to give this much uh, towards the uh, church, and we want to assign it to our building that we're declaring that we're going to have. And he said, the only thing that I suggest to you is that you give it in two checks because of the, the amount that it was that you give it in two checks. And to the glory of God, and to the glory of God, this day, we have the amount of money that we have in that a savings account. And God has multiplied what we have given to the glory of God. Numerous times. Numerous times. But you know what? We never doubted God. God has provided for me here. God has provided for me here. Here and here. And he's going to continue to provide. He's going to continue to provide. You know why? Because I learned that at Bethel Assemblies of God when I got saved. As a matter of fact, next week it will be 38 years that I've been saved. Because this is, you know, our, our, our wedding anniversary. 38 years that we've been saved to the glory of God. But once God gave me that revelation about tithing and offering and seed offering and, and first fruits and giving. You know what? I have not stopped, and I've seen the hand of God. And I've seen the hand of God. And like I always say, you know what? Not what I lived, but I've seen that the lifestyle that my wife and I have, my kids have, my daughter in North Carolina and her husband have. Uh, the way that they take care of their kids, the way that they provide for their kids. We see it with Ricky and, and with Brianna, with their kids here, the same thing. You know what? God says, test me in this and you will see. Test him. Test God. And you will see the hand of God. This man right there, Sergio, raise your hand. This man right there, this man has testimonies that he could write a book 
about the goodness of God and how God has provided for them. In moments of 1159, like I've always said, a lot of times God is a God of 1159 because at the last minute, he shows up. But he shows up. And he never shows up empty-handed. He provides. I'm going to close with this. Understand that we give not to win God's grace, but because his grace has won us already. His grace has won us already. I want you to bow your heads right now. Hallelujah. And to those that are watching online right now, maybe you're saying, Pastor, I've never heard a message like this, and, and it's really touched me to the glory of God. I pray that uh, the Lord will uh, uh, touch you and the Holy Spirit will touch you right now. Maybe you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus, the Jesus that I've been speaking about right now the Jesus that it's our provider, the Jesus that will make a way where it seems that there's no way he's going to make a way for you. But I pray that you would accept him right now. And you don't have to do anything crazy just right there where you're at. Just uh, say this prayer after me and raise your hand if, 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 if those of you that are here and never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to accept Jesus. Or maybe you accepted Jesus and you fell off the wagon and you want to come back again. You did things your way, and you know you did things your way. And you're saying, God, I, I thank you that I'm here today, and I, I want to do things your way right now, Lord, because I messed it up numerous times. Maybe if that's you, you know what? You're going to get saved for the second time again, but that's okay. So if that's you, just raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, we pray for those that are online as well, Lord. Uh, uh, I pray that you would just say this prayer after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I accept your Son as my Lord and Savior. Father, I surrender my life to you right now. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I thank you for the price that your Son Jesus paid on the cross 2,000 years ago. He paid that price for me. Father, thank you so much. And because of that price, I accept them now as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I love you, and I want to walk with you each and every day from this day forward. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me to make the right decisions. Help me to make the right choices. I love you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name. If you made that prayer, uh, you are saved right now. And I ask you just to please send us a quick email and let us know that you made that decision today. We want to bless you right now and we uh, uh, pray for you, blessings upon blessings of you and, and your family, your finances, your, your work, your business, your children. We bless you in Jesus' name and we'll be with you again next Wednesday for Table Talk at 7.30 and then obviously uh, next Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Same time. God bless you. Have a wonderful